eyes of our hearts to know the hope to which Christ has called us. Amen. Please be seated. Well, one of the great gifts of Advent is that we get to spend a little bit of time every year with John the Baptist. And that's a real delight. I once heard a biblical scholar say that she thinks Jesus is pretty good, but John the Baptist is her favourite. And I don't know that I'd go that far. I don't know that as a priest in God's church I'm allowed to go that far. But I can't deny that there's a special place in my heart for this wild, rough-around-the-edges, bare-grills kind of figure who haunts the Gospels. John is something of an enigma, and that's not even counting his diet. Does anyone have wild locusts and honey on the Christmas menu this year? It's a real treat, you should try it. What I love about John is that his whole life, his very being, his purpose for existing is to point the way toward Christ. The great 20th century theologian Karl Barth had a painting of John the Baptist on the wall above his desk. He would look at it every day as he pinned his six million word theological work, the Church Dogmatics, and when he was asked on rare occasions to sum up that work, he would often say that the call on the life of every Christian is just the same as the call that was on the life of John the Baptist, to point the way toward Christ. What's funny about that is that once John gets arrested, some people come to Jesus and ask him what he thinks of John. And Jesus says that among those born of women, that's a roundabout way of saying everyone, none have ever arisen who are greater than John. Somehow it's John's self-emptying posture that actually makes him the greatest of us all. And yet, Jesus continues, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Something tells me that John would have quite liked that qualification, because John's life was never about himself. It was always about pointing away from himself toward Christ, for whom he was preparing the way. So we start to understand why John is sort of the Advent saint. He points the way towards the coming of Christ in our midst, and that's precisely what Advent is all about. In Advent, we follow in the way of the Baptist. We herald the coming of Christ. We prepare the way for it. John gives us a clue as to what preparations look like. We prepare our hearts. We make ourselves ready to receive the grace of Christ when it arrives in our midst. And we prepare the world for Christ's coming too. Christ comes not to the church and not to Christians, but to a wounded and waiting world. And how do we prepare the world? By pointing away from ourselves. This is a hopeful message for me. Sometimes as Christians, we give ourselves the pressure of trying to be stand-ins for Jesus. We feel like in order to represent Christ well to the world, we need to have all the answers. We need to be models of holiness and wisdom. It's an unbearable burden. You wonder about those people who put a sticker of a fish on their bumper, on their car, so that everybody will know that they're a Christian. God bless you if that's you, but some of us avoid that in case our road rage puts everybody off Jesus entirely. <laughs> but this pressure is actually a particular trap for those of us who are career religionists. I'll let you in on a secret. Pastors, priests, chaplains, 
We often labor under the feeling that if we don't represent Christ well, then we're just frauds. At the beginning of this year, I was at Mount St. Francis in Cochrane on a pre-ordination retreat with a couple of other people preparing for the priesthood. And it struck me as I was there just how prevalent imposter syndrome is among those of us who were ordained as leaders and servants in God's church. We talked in our group about the feeling of shame that we often experience as we try to present ourselves a certain way, but know that behind it all, we're not the squeaky clean model Christians that we're supposed to be. I asked our group, how can I preach and preside at God's table on Sunday when I've yelled at my four-year-old on Friday? Often I feel like I have a blinking neon sign above my head announcing to the world that dreaded word, hypocrite. John reminds me, that there may yet be hope for me in my fumbling attempt to represent Christ. For there is good news here too. It isn't to a perfect world and to a perfect people that God comes to us in Christ. It's to a wounded and violent world, a world of hypocrites and frauds just like me. Into that kind of brokenness and that kind of woundedness, John heralds the way for the coming of Christ who is born to us not because we're already perfect, but because we need a saviour. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, Isaiah says, and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. I think John's a great model for us because he doesn't wait until he's perfect before he starts daring to share that good news of God in Christ. He doesn't labor under the pressure to be flawless or to make sure that he's ironed out the last bits of hypocrisy before he witnesses to the good news. He simply points away from himself. The good news is that witnessing to Christ is not about showing the world how good and holy I am, but about showing the world the grace that's held out even to someone like me. I think the church has a lot to learn here from those living with addictions. In 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, you probably know that participants begin by admitting the problem that brings them to the group. They will tell you that any attempt to keep up the facade of being other than an addict doesn't last very long because you're confronted by both radical welcome and radical honesty in that kind of community. Others who have walked the journey of recovery for a while help and sponsor those who are just beginning. They remain always a phone call away to counsel and support, not out of a place of superiority, but out of a learned experience of humbling themselves before their own powerlessness and their need for others. Would that the community of Christ were more like that at times. Not a palace of perfect people, but an open table for the wounded, hosted by the wounded. Maybe we do well to rebrand church as Hypocrites Anonymous. A place not of perfect people, but of deeply imperfect people, trying to work out together the grace that is theirs in Christ. So here is my confession. My name is Adam, and I am a hypocrite. Maybe you are too, but take heart. There is yet hope for those of us who have gotten very good at playing Christian. 
It is not asked of us to be stand-ins for Jesus, but only to be wounded people pointing to our shared need for Christ. And so as well as our default Advent saint, I think John should be the patron saint of church outreach as well. In him, we see our model for what it means to point the world toward Christ. John's inaugural message that we heard a moment ago is that the one who's coming after him is so great that John doesn't even deserve to untie his muddy sandals. What would it look like for Christians in the world today to point always away from themselves and towards the coming of Christ? John reminds us that our posture as people of faith, people awaiting the coming of Christ, is one of profound humility. Our posture to the world is one of standing shoulder to shoulder with it in waiting and hope for someone to come and put all things right. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout, lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. In all our hypocrisy and all our imperfection, may we yet have the courage to announce his coming. Amen. Thank you.